This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. got to get to the point when you're totally sold out for Jesus, you can say, none of these things move me. <laughs> so what? I'm going to heaven. <laughs> you know, who cares? Your house burned down. So what? I got a mansion in heaven. You have some kind of disease. So what? I'm going to die. It's not going to heaven with me. So what? None of these things move me. People hate you. So what? They hated Jesus before they hated me. <laughs> you see? You see how it, that's how it turns out. As we continue our examination of the book of Acts, we continue to learn from the great example of the Apostle Paul. By the grace of God, he lived a life utterly devoted to spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, no matter the cost. In today's message, Pastor Eddie challenges us to take on that mindset. Don't worry if the world persecutes you. You have the hope of heaven, and they can't take that away from you. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie for today's edition of Running the Race. Let us continue on in our study. This is where we left off. Let us go back to that conference that uh, the Apostle Paul is giving to the overseer, the elders of the church of Ephesus. Verse 25, and it says, And indeed now I know that you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God will see my face no more. This is it. You're not going to see my face anymore from here on end. Now I'm pretty sure their hearts are broken at this point. But, you know, in reality... Uh, Paul is not right here because they'll be able to see his face again in heaven, in glory. They'll see the glorified Paul without the markings of rods and stripes, without the little knot probably in his head from being stoned, you know. They're going to see Paul again. And he says, he says, you will see my face no more, verse 26. Therefore, I testify to you that this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. In other words, Paul shared the gospel to anyone and to everyone he was in contact with. And if anyone suffers eternal death, eternal damnation, uh, because they refuse to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ, of whom Paul preached, then it's of no fault to him. No fault to him. He shared the gospel to everyone and anyone, neither Jew nor Gentile, whether it's a man or even a woman, as we saw. He shared the gospel to Lydia there in Philippi. Down by the riverside, there she, there she was, and, and they, they had their Bible study. Here comes Paul, and all of a sudden, there, that's where the church broke out uh, in Philippi. And, you know, this is a good example for the letters who he's speaking with here in this conference or this meeting. And it's also a good example for us as well to share the gospel with everyone and anyone we come in contact with. You know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be afraid. We shouldn't be afraid. And I know a lot of Christians now, you see how, what the, 
what we're going through as a world, in our country. You know, we're the minority now, and there is so much sin, and we see it all over that we're afraid that, hey, once we start talking about Jesus, uh, they're going to just kick us out of the restaurant, kick us out of the coffee shops, and just, you know, just mark us and disown us. You know, so be it. Jesus, remember, they hated me first before they hated you. But does that mean that we're going we're gonna to allow people to continue in their life without sharing the gospel? We should have the heart knowing that if we don't share the gospel of Jesus Christ, what's going to happen? They are not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. We need to do exactly what Paul says. We, we, we could stand before the Lord. Listen, everyone's blood. If everyone I came in contact with, Lord, from this point on, when I made that commitment to you and I surrendered my life, uh, their blood is in their hands, not in my hands are clean. Can we say that when we go to heaven? You know, there's a story in Ezekiel about that. In verse 27, it says, For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. The whole counsel. Not portions, not in pieces, but the whole counsel of God. And this is the reason why we here study the word of God systematically. Expository teaching, book by book, chapter by chapter, and verse by verse. Our heart, and it is the Lord's heart, that you are taught the whole counsel of God, not portions, not in sections. You know, I grew up in church in many different circles, and um, I, I've heard all kinds of sermons and teaching, but it wasn't until I actually learned from a lot of uh, the, the godly men who really loved the Word and taught it systematically, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. I was always looking forward for the next chapter. Man, this is, that was awesome. That tasted good. That was good bread. That was bread fresh out of the oven. And what's next? The next chapter. And that's what I love about systematic teaching. I, I, you know, after that, I, I, it's hard for me to actually, not that it's bad, it's hard for me to listen to little sermonettes and motivational teachings now that it's creeped its way into the church. And that's why the church is hurting, because they're so focused on giving portions of the Word of God in series and in, in points. Oh, I'm going to give you seven points, you know, and then all of a sudden, by the time you get to point number four, you've already forgot point number one. You know, and, and there's nothing wrong. Please don't get me wrong. There is nothing wrong with that. You hear topical preaching, and you hear those little sermonettes, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But the problem is, is that if that's the only way you're being fed, that's the only way you're studying, that's the only way that's being taught, then there's a lot that is missing. There's a lot that is missing because you're not taught the whole counsel of God. And I've, I've, I've seen it and I witnessed it throughout my, my life as a believer, throughout, throughout in ministry, how churches that do grow are the churches that are being fed the word of God systematically. The whole counsel of the word of God is not, you know, little sermons and, and little points because what happens is, again, it, it puts the teacher in a place where now he has to find certain topics to teach when all he has to do is follow the word book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. If you study and you teach the word of God that way, the way that actually the way that it is written, the way that it was given, the word of God's been given to us in whole, not in, you know, sections, you know, not in series, (laughs) 
not in, not in points. The Holy Spirit gave it to us as the whole counsel of the word of God. The whole counsel of the word of God. And so this is what Paul said back in verse 20. What did he say in verse 20? How I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. He kept back nothing. And keeping back nothing, teaching them as the whole counsel of God. I had one uh, fellow brother from another, from another church. He loves the Lord. And, uh, and he was saying, you know, you teach systematic, you teach the verse by verse. I find that, isn't that an easy way? I said, really? Have you ever studied and taught verse by verse, chapter by chapter? He, did, he, he, he said, no. How can you say? Because it's not easy. It's not, it's not easy to say, okay, well, you know, okay, here's the next verse. It's in order. It's given, it's given to you by the Lord because you have to study it. And here's the thing. If there's a, I, I am obligated to teach the next verse. I am obligated to teach the next chapter. I am obligated to teach the next book. I can't skip over portions that, is gonna, that are going to offend people. Then what good am I? I have to teach you the whole counsel of the word of God. So it puts me in a place to teach something that I don't know or that I don't know enough of. It puts me in a place to really do research and study the next text to prepare it as a chef would to feed you the word of God. That's where it puts me. And can I tell you, I love to be in that place. I really do. Because, you know, I'm the one that has to taste it, right? The chef has to cook his food, right, before he prepares it. I'm the one that goes, oh, man, this is great. Oh, you guess what? Let me just add a little bit of this. You know, kick it up a notch. Bam, you know? And, you know, I'm obligated to, and I love to be in that place. I love to be in that place. And Paul didn't teach in points, as we see. He didn't teach in series. He said, I taught you the whole counsel of God. And what is the whole counsel of God? Again, it's not topical. It's not series. It's not point, but it's whole topical. And again, it puts, if someone, if that's the only way they're going to teach, and the reason why I'm making emphasis on this is because it's important for you to also to study, to study. Find materials that are systematic. Find materials and books. Okay, I'm going to get the series on this. This guy, is, he's good. He's always a number one bestseller, but he's got all these series. But they never taught you the whole counsel of God. And they pick and choose what they want to teach, what they know. And, and of course, they're going to pick things to tickle the ears of the people. Oh, if I preach this, the tithing offering would be really good. But if I teach about the serious topics that are going around our country today, about abortion and homosexuality, uh, idolatry, uh, you're not going to have much of an audience, are you? But guess what? I'm going to be just like Paul. I'm going to say... I share the word, the whole counsel of God. And everyone, any, anyone, anyone that comes into these doors here, my hands are clear, cleaned because I share the truth. I share the truth. Now, can you imagine some of the teachers like, you know, let's say like Joel Osteen. He's a big guy, so we could pick on him, right? Think about it. Can you imagine if Joel Osteen would actually teach through the book of Leviticus? Can you picture that? Joel Osteen, Leviticus chapter 3, you know. No more saying, I like to start off with something funny. You know, that's all he does. And a lot of these, a lot of these big time teachers and preachers are out there. They have people help them with their research. 
They do. Even some of the great ones that are good teachers, you know, sometimes it's really good if they do it the right way. You can have people help you with your research. I don't have that. And at this point, I don't want I don't think I need it. But can you imagine if someone like Joel Osteen teach about hell? You know, okay, let's at least hit, you know, at least one of the four Gospels. Come on. How about the book of Romans? You think he would have a stadium full of people? No, he would not. He would not. Because there, as much as there are preachers and teachers out there who like to teach the things that tickle the ears of the people, there are people who like their ears tickled as well. And it's sad. And the ones that really love the word of God, the ones that are there, listen, this is where I'm I having a full understanding. I can open up my Bible when I go to church, and we could read it word for word, verse by verse, chapter by, and man, now I understand that whole text. Now I understand that whole chapter. Now I understand the theme of the whole book, because the book was given to us as books. It all has a theme. And, and you know, we is, right now we have it in, in with his chapter and verse breaks, but that helps us to find a text. But it's not for us to be breaking it up because it's a letter. If I wrote a letter to you, I'd give you like three or four pages, right? If I wrote a letter to John, John is not, well, if it did come for me, John would toss it. But, Pastor John I'm talking about here. But anyway, but in, in reality, if I wrote him a letter, Pastor John is not going to go to his read P.S., He's going to read the whole letter to see what am I talking about. The books are written in letters. And so this is the way the Holy Spirit gave it to us. So this is the way we ought to study it. And this is why Paul said, I taught you the whole counsel, the whole counsel of God. I didn't give you points. I didn't give you series. I didn't give you portions. I, the whole counsel of God. And so this is why it's important. This is why we do that here. And so now, verse 28, he says, Therefore, take heed to yourself and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. He says, take heed, and that is to guard. Guard yourself and guard the flock of God, the sheep of God. That's what he did. Take heed, guard yourself. Now, notice the order that Paul gives it here. He's speaking to elders. He's speaking to overseers and pastors. He's speaking to leaders. It is a pastor's conference. He's saying, take heed yourself. The first thing he mentions, he didn't mention the flock. He mentioned, take heed yourself because it, a true, genuine, spirit-filled overseer knows that his life has to be right with the Lord has to be in the word of God, have to be in prayer, have to be in devotion, have to set an example as Paul writes to Timothy. If, you know, if, if a pastor can't govern his home, how can he govern a church? And I've seen, not many, but I see quite a few people who want to be leaders and pastors, but their home is chaos. I'm not talking about those that are at the age of accountability, those kids, you know, they're, you know, they're old, they have to make the decision for themselves, but they're young, and they, they're under your care, and you can't handle your kids. You can't govern. You can't even be a husband to your wife, and you want to govern a church? 
So a, a pastor, a leader, an overseer has to first take heed of his own life to make sure that he stands before the Lord justice and righteous. Not perfect. There's not perfect, trust me. But righteous to set an example to the rest. If I'm going to tell you husbands how to love your wife, I have to set that example. If I'm going to tell you as a parent to take care of your kids and bring them up and raise them up in the ways of the Lord, I have to set the example. And so he said, take heed yourself and guard. Make sure that you're, you're genuine, and sp- genuine spirit-filled in the word, in prayer, in devotion, that when the Holy Spirit comes in, it flows and moves and it goes into the congregation. And that's the purpose. That's why he said, take heed yourself. Set the example. Practice what you preach. But guard yourself because you know what it says in Scripture. Strike the shepherd, scatter the flock. That's what the enemy wants to do. You think you have your little, uh, you know, uh, spiritual warfares and your trials and tribulation? Try the pastor. Trials and tribulation, just like you. I'm just like you. I have the same things. But you know what? You got to get to the point when you're totally sold out for Jesus, you can say, none of these things move me. (laughs) So what? I'm going to heaven. (laughs) You know, who cares? Your house burned down. So what? I got a mansion in heaven. You have some kind of disease. So what? I'm going to die. It's not going to heaven with me. So what? None of these things move me. People hate you. So what? They hated Jesus before they hated me. (laughs) You see? You see how that's how it turns out. And so I need to be in that place to set the example. And so he said, take heed. Because what happens is the church is a reflection of who the leader is. And if I'm going to lead you and I'm going to set the example, you know, you know, I expect the church to follow along. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Well, what's going to happen if you don't do that? Well, what's going to happen if you don't do that when you have a big women's conference in New York City, and then all of a sudden somebody in your, in your staff walks on stage as the naked cowboy, you don't have to have a problem. You don't have to, you don't have to uh, now defend, oh, we didn't know. You didn't know. You didn't know the heart of the people. If you start with the heart of the people working on your staff, you don't have to worry about some naked cowboy guy who is a former model going on the stage of a women, women's conference. That's an abomination. And it's, it is sad. Take heed. Take heed. These are the last days, and a lot is coming into the church. And we call it Christian, and we call it church. Take heed for yourself, overseers. Now, the Greek word here for overseer um, is episkopos in the Greek which refers to leadership responsibility over a church, is the same word that Luke uses that parallels with verse 17, elder, and this pres, uh, presbyterios. So episkopos and presbyterios are, uh, implies the same office. It implies the same office, uh, but may stress two different aspects of the same role. And an overseer and an elder also are to take heed, guard the flock of God. That is the responsibility of a shepherd. That is the responsibility of an overseer and an elder or bishop or pastor. They're to love the flock. They're to look over the flock. They're put to care for the flock. They're to guard and protect the flock, serve the flock, and minister to the flock. Minister to the flock. You know that the word minister in the Greek is to serve. 
But somehow, it, it's the other way around where a lot of churches who are ministers expect people to serve them. And there's nothing beneath me. I've taken out the trash. Uh, there's nothing beneath me. Jesus washed the feet, and that's one of the... That was a job given to the, to the youngest or a servant. If Jesus washed feet, you know, I'm going to be... I'm going to be just like Jesus. Now, don't come to me saying you want your feet washed. I'm, uh, you know, but you understand what I'm saying. There's nothing beneath me. I'll do it, whatever it is. It has to be. I'll do it. So what? And there are people who want to, you know what, Pastor, can I take care of that for you? Hey, if the Lord puts in your heart, by all means, great. Then I'm going to find something else that someone else could be doing. And I'll do it. If someone can't do it that, that, that week, hey, I'll do it. It's not a big deal. There's nothing beneath me. But that's what the word minister, and, and, and why, and why we're to oversee them, why we're to, to uh, you know, be over them. Why do we have this position? Why do we have this, this place of leadership for those, speaking for those who lead, those who desire to be in leadership? Why? Because Paul says the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Who made them overseers? Line that, underline that in your Bible so you can know who makes overseers and elders the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does. Now, there are those who uh, made themselves, and now we have a way of, uh, which is, you know, it's nothing wrong if you're going to college, I want to be a pastor because I want to be a college. If you feel that calling first in your heart, then don't say, well, if I go to college and get a degree, then I could be a pastor. That's not the right way because no one in the scriptures went to get a degree. A degree is great if you're called to be a pastor. I'm a pastor. I want to be a good student of the word. I'm going to study work and do college, which is something I'm doing, but I'm taking a break right now. I'm still doing it. I'm doing it because, and I, I, I'm going for the degree because it is my calling. Because God put it in my heart first, but there are people who do it the other way around. Or there are some who are elected. There's some circles where they elect a deacon, elder, or, or a pastor, they elect them. It's by voting of hands, and we know how that works, right? I like what John Corson said in his commentary while I was reading through this. He said, in America, we're into democracy, but since, and he puts in brackets, and this may be news for some, God is not American. The church is not a democracy. There is no one that was voted into a position. There was only one that they cast lots, and that was the apostles to fill in this position of uh, Judas. That was it. There was it. Okay, you know what? Let us vote. Well, what do you think about him? You think he's leadership quality? Well, I don't know. Let's just vote. It's a popularity. That's what it comes to. And it's sad because we all vote in the flesh. We can't even put a godly man in office in our country. We're going to try to practice that in the church. But I like what Paul says here. Holy Spirit made you, made you overseers to shepherd the church of God. This is why it has to be the Holy Spirit that points people into leadership because they're shepherding the church of God. We're sure today's message has been a blessing to you. Maybe you'd like to get a copy. Perhaps a family member or a friend or even a neighbor came to mind while you were listening today. We'd love to help you share God's Word. Here's Tracy with all the information you need. Life these days moves fast. 
from one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God by hearing from Him. To hear more encouraging words from God's Word through the ministry of Pastor Eddie, go to runningtheraceradio.com and then click on the radio page. There you'll find today's message and many more. Thanks, Tracy. Again, to secure your own copy of today's message, simply log on to runningtheraceradio.com. You can also give us a call if you'd like. That number to call is 570-296-7367. Another option to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is info at runningtheraceradio.com. Once again, you've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel in Milford, Pennsylvania. In the next edition of Running the Race, Eddie will continue teaching through the book of Acts. So please make plans to join us. On behalf of Pastor Eddie and everyone here with Running the Race, we'd like to thank you for listening today. Join us again for another edition of Running the Race. Running the Race.